Moving on to the weekend's action. Should mention things start off on Friday. Won't really talk about those games much. Hofstra and LIU and Stony Brook and St. John's are part of the inaugural Long Island Cup. The winners of those games will play on Sunday. We will also have Mount St. Mary's and UMBC, Sacred Heart and Quinnipiac, and Colgate and Hobart. Uh, that Colgate-Hobart one is probably the one I would circle as the best game of the day. Uh, Hofstra-LIU could be interesting as well. Uh, that Long Island Cup will be interesting to see how things turn out there. <laughs> um, I bet it's going to be Hofstra and Stony Brook in that final game there. First game I want to touch on here is this heavyweight battle we have in South Bend, Indiana, 1 p.m. on Saturday. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish go head-to-head against the Georgetown Hoyas in a top-five battle that will feature two likely top-five defenses in the country at season's end. 17th meeting overall and first since 2017 between these two. Georgetown, they will be looking to win their third of the season after beating Penn 10-8 to last Saturday in a game where really they had to fight uh, till the end there. In that game, offensively, Graham Bundy Jr. moves back to his natural position at midfield uh, with the return of TJ Haley at attack after he was out for that Hopkins game with an injury. Uh, Bundy had two goals to assist there to lead the way for the Hoyas on Saturday. He's the, currently the leader with nine points on the year. Three goals, three, uh, three goals, six assists in those first two games thus far. That offense will be interesting to see how look, Notre Dame, we, we saw guys like Jason Reynolds get that start there. Arden Cohen, this is a solid defense. This should be a really good defense for Notre Dame. Question is, you know, you played against, and obviously Liam Intamin and Cage, but you played against Detroit Mercy. You held them to two goals. You hold any team to two goals, that's impressive. But it's Detroit Mercy. You're going up now against a, 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 a team, a comparable team, that should be of the same talent level as you. How do they handle this offense? How are you going to handle a guy like Graham Bundy Jr., a TJ Haley? And really, who is going to get theirs for Georgetown? Who is going to be the focal point of that attack from the Notre Dame defense? And certainly with Liam Intamin in there, how do they handle that as well with the Hoyas, we look here, Glenn Bundy Jr., Dylan Watson, Connor Marin, Alex Trippi, Dylan Huss. These are all guys, and TJ Haley, as I mentioned, these are all guys that can step into their own and create havoc. How, do, how does this Notre Dame defense attack this Georgetown offense and vice versa? And I really do think in this game, the bigger questions are for the Irish. We've seen the Hoyas against Johns Hopkins, 
against Penn. In a way, they are who we thought they were. They were a really good team. They had the best defense in the country. That That is all factual at this point. How do the Irish compare to the Hoyas? We, we talked about this Notre Dame defense, and they didn't really face a, a comparable opponent last week. They're going to face a tough offense this week. How do they respond to that? On the other end, you have Pat Kavanaugh, Chris Kavanaugh, Eric Dobson, who is going to be a big, big piece of this Irish offense at the midfield after a solid freshman year. Had three points last week. Wheaton, Jackaboys, Bryce Walker, multiple guys. This is a deep, deep unit offensively for the Irish. They went up, they put up 24 against Detroit Mercy. I have a feeling they're not going to put up 24 on Georgetown or anywhere in that ballpark. But can this Notre Dame offense be as potent as they were last week? Well, we know they're not going to be as good, as productive. But can they be as potent, as dangerous against the Hoyas' defense as they were a week ago? And look, Will Bowen, Gibson Smith, Owen McElroy, and Cage. This is a really good Georgetown defense. We saw what they did against Penn. We saw what they did against them. We saw what they did against Hawkins. This is Notre Dame's second game of the season. How do they respond to that? And this is a big, big test for the Irish. And really, as I mentioned, this is a game where we will likely learn more about the Irish than we do the Hoyas. Just because Notre Dame hasn't really played anybody yet so to speak. So really, Saturday will be much better barometer of where this Notre Dame team is at this stage. Not necessarily where they're going to be all year, but where they are at this stage, which I expect is still going to be, you know, pretty dang good. Um, But this is going to be a tough matchup for them. And vice versa, most likely for the Hoyas as well. And these games have always been pretty interesting, Notre Dame and Georgetown. Next game to talk about here, Virginia and Syracuse. ACC play is kicking off this weekend. Well, we have one ACC game, and then there's like two, three weeks before we have the next one. I, I really don't like this ACC schedule, guys. Play your non-conference games, and then play your ACC schedule. In a row. Like, don't be, come on. Don't be, you know, mixing it up February. You got some in March, some in April. That's just stupid. Um, but anyway, I digress. Syracuse, the only ACC team that beat the Cavaliers twice a season ago, beating them in February in the Dome and again in April on the road. This season, 
they go to Charlottesville early in the year, and the second meeting will be in the Dome. And, and, and look, Syracuse, we, they showed us last week against Maryland, they can fight. They can play against the best of them. They showed that. Now, Maryland obviously was a better team, as expected, but that game was a lot closer than many people thought it would be. Syracuse, Gary Gate, he showed us, look, I got a team here that can battle. I got a team here that, you know, we're not what some people think we are. Yet some people coming in this year saying it's a rebuilding year. So this isn't going to be a good year for Syracuse. No, no. This is a Syracuse team. And you had even more of that. Oh, when Hiltz goes down, oh, man, you know, any, any hope we had is washed away. No, no, no. Completely untrue. Completely false. This Syracuse team can fight. And many of these guys on this team fought for 60 minutes and won against the national champions last year. Jacob Fopp and this face-off unit held P.D. Lasala in both of their games. They did a good job on that. Matt Moore is out uh, again this week, uh, is out at the moment. He didn't play against Towson. I don't know what the status is of him, if he'll play against uh, Syracuse, but I think that if he does or doesn't could be a big piece of how Virginia's offense handles this game. Connor Schellenberger, Peyton Cormier, obviously talented guys. Um, and, and then I should mention, this will be the first big test for freshman Matt Noons in cage, 55% save percentage. And look, Syracuse, or excuse me, Virginia, they're 3-0, and but they haven't looked as strong in their games as other ACC teams, other Big Ten teams, other top five teams. Slow start against Air Force. Had a, a full game fight against High Point, And a slow start again against Towson. Against Syracuse, and we saw Syracuse start slow last week and then catch up. They never took the lead, but they ca- caught up. Here's the thing. And they didn't win. But here's the thing. Virginia, if they start slowing this one, Syracuse is not Air Force. They're not High Point. They're not Towson. This is a talented team. This is a talented team that when they get up, they're not going to easily let you come back. This is going to be much more difficult to come back from if Virginia starts slow again. So they're going to have to start fast. Have to start strong, which they have not really done at all this season. The ride, they've held their teams to 52 for 67, or 76, excuse me, on the ride. That's 68% in the, in the clearing game. Their opponents have gone. I'll be interested in that battle. How does, does the Virginia ride hold this Syracuse clearing game? And then Peter Lasala and Jacob Fopp, those two guys, Lasala did not have Good games against Syracuse a year ago. Can he get better against this team? I don't know what it was against Syracuse, but did, didn't do much against them. Um, so, Fop 
and Lasala a strong battle there. On the Syracuse side, look, Virginia, though defense I think is probably the second best in the ACC. I don't think the ACC has particularly strong defenses this year, but Virginia does have some really talented pieces there. I mentioned Matt Noons has been strong in cage as a freshman. And you do have some talented guys around there, Scott Bauer and others, who have made some headway. Cole Kastner, multiple guys. This, uh, the Syracuse offense a week ago, and Maryland has a much better defense than Syracuse, just straight up, at the at this point in time. Right at this point in time, it appears that Syracuse has a uh, Maryland has a better defense than Virginia with Kate Sostad, Clint Matusi, and Cole Kastner. While they've been good, haven't been as strong as Brett Brett May calling those guys in College Park. And that defense, not not so much that they caused problems, because they did against Syracuse, but Syracuse, it, it, it didn't look like they had too many ways to capitalize on, the, on what they were given. Like, they would be given an, an opportunity, couldn't capitalize on it right away, right? So you've seen that. Tucker Dordovic, Lucas Quinn. If that's all you have, it's going to be hard to win games if that's all you have. So for Syracuse's offense, I think this is going to be a big game to see because we saw last week against Maryland, okay, they can do some damage, but Dordovic, Lucas Quinn are really your top couple guys. Okay, this game, I want to see who else do you have that can step up and make those big-time plays? Can Owen Seabold do that on a week-to-week basis, right? And then defensively, look, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but last weekend, Kayton Johnson went down to Chapel Hill. Ohio State blew out North Carolina. Caden Johnson, as many of you know, was a former North Carolina goalie. Started for them for, what, three years, I believe it was, before getting his job taken by Colin Creek. Bobby Gavin started for two games last year for Virginia. Had a solid game against Army. Had played, kind of rotated with Matthew Nunes as the starter, you know, so to speak in the fall, and, uh, you know, ultimately over the winter decides to transfer and lands at Syracuse. Do we have another instant instance of a transfer goalie going off against his former team? I don't know. I don't know. If that happens, could mean really good for Syracuse, though. So this game all around, interesting, interesting pieces all the way around there.
Next game here, Duke and Penn. Um, this game, so, by the way, this game will not, you can stream it. It's like Under Armour Live through Corrigan Sports. Um, got to pay for it, so that's the stream. I've had some people ask me, can you watch the game? Yes, on there. Um, so that's what this one will be played. It's a neutral site game in Levittown, New York, uh, MacArthur High School there on Long Island. Uh, Duke, they're looking as good as ever. We know Brennan O'Neill and Akai Montgomery. Big question here is Joe Robertson. Obviously went out against Delaware, didn't play uh, the mo- most of the game after going out in the first period. Um, is he back, and how strong does he look? And then, look, Sean Lowley, we saw him. They played him in that X spot. And very, very good on, what was that, Tuesday night? Can he have another good game against his former team and Penn? And then for Penn, like, I think, look, we've seen Duke have some trouble with teams that, capitalize and transition this season. They struggle. I wouldn't say they struggle, but, you know, Robert Morris gave them some some troubles early on before they broke things open. Vermont gave them some struggles for about three periods of play. So, how, and, and Jackson, well, Jacksonville, that plan was, was a defensive plan, really shut them down. Quakers, really transition-wise, got some good opportunities against Georgetown last week. Can they get those same opportunities here against Duke? It's kind of the main question there. Maryland and Princeton. Um, look, I, I'm not even going to touch on Maryland here. We know what they are. Logan now gets those guys. Talked about, about them a little bit with Syracuse. And the strong game they had there, that defense, Logan McKinney and Cage, it, just it, the best team in the country. I, I I don't know where they have a a fault. I don't know where they have a hole. Um, can Princeton expose a hole? I don't know. Princeton blew out Monmouth twenty-two to six, and then Binghamton twenty-two to nine. Chris Brown, six goals, six assists. Uh, seven goals, seven assists on the year. And Alex Slusher, who's been moved to attack, eight goals, two assists. This Princeton offense has looked phenomenal. I want to see what does this Princeton, not only their offense do, what does defense also do against a team the caliber of Maryland. And you're going to got George Bond back there leading the way for this defense, Eric Peters and Cage. Uh, can they cause some trouble for the Maryland offense? Who knows? We'll see how that thing goes. Ohio State and Harvard meet down in Naples, Florida. Uh, the Buckeyes coming off that big win over Carolina. Justin Anasio, 69% of the dot. Jack Myers, nine points in the game. Two goals, seven assists. Uh, so, can Ohio State continue this streak? And I think Ohio State's probably a better team than the Clemson, for sure. But can they continue this hot streak and continue to win? 
and avoid an upset here. Uh, Harvard, they beat NJIT 17-4. to Austin Madronic, Miles Butkus, each had a hat trick in that game. I didn't watch it because, really, blowout. Um, blowout there, you, you don't get a ton to see what Harvard is made of. Uh, so, really, this game, I'll be watching what does Harvard look like. And, look, uh, the Ivy League looks like it's going to be strong this year. Yale is good. Penn is good. Cornell is good. Brown is good. Is Harvard also a good team that should be mentioned in, in with that pack as well? Uh, you look at Yale and Penn, obviously at the top. I think Cornell is that strong third. Brown has shown to be a fighter through their first two games. A uh, tough team, and really Brown always, you know, I think who was it? Uh, was it uh, uh, one, one coach? Can't remember who it was. Said one time, he's like, "Don't ever schedule Brown because they're tough, always tough." And we saw they upset Virginia in 2020. We saw what they did on Tuesday, uh, Wednesday against North Carolina. So they've still got a ton of talent on that roster. A lot of young guys there uh, making impacts, but still a lot of talent and a lot of grit that they play with. So, you know, Brown is in that conversation very much as well. Harvard, Jerry Byrne, his first full season there. What can this team be? We're going to find out here on Saturday night against the Buckeyes. That one's 7 p.m., and it's on Big Ten Plus uh, in Naples, uh, wherever it's being played there. A couple other games to note before we get out of here. Brown and Vermont. The Bears, you know, 1-1 and one after the loss to North Carolina. Um, Vermont, they fell to you know, Utah 11-10 two weeks ago and lost to Duke 15-7. to uh, They beat Penn State uh, over a week ago now. Uh, it was last Wednesday or Thursday when they beat the uh, Nittany Lions. Both of these teams have shown to be top 20 caliber teams and can make a lot of noise in transition. I think this is going to be a pretty fun one. Uh, Tommy Burke, Matt Gunty. Can Matt Gunty, you know, reclaim himself after a pretty bad performance there against Carolina? But I will say, he uh, he fought till the end in that one. Drexel and Albany. The Dragons and Great Danes, both looking for their first one this season. And look, if you were to ask me two, three weeks ago, Drexel, you were to tell me Drexel's going to start 0-2, I would have said you're crazy. Um, Drexel returns a ton of production from last season, but they fell to UMBC and then got upset by Lafayette on Tuesday. Face-offs, they're going 37% there in their first two games. Really, really the death of this team so far early in the season. Uh, Albany, you know, we didn't get to see a ton of what they were against Cornell because Cornell did blow things open. Uh, Albany got down early and never was able to recover. Graydon Hogg, three points in that one. Want to see just how deep that team is. So uh, that's one I'll be keeping my eye on. And Drexel-Albany is always a really interesting early season game. Two more games, or three more games to go over here. Boston U and UMass. So the Terriers are 2-0, and upset Bryant last week. They've never played UMass, which I didn't realize. They've never played UMass. 
uh, before. This would be, and I know you can have your thoughts, opinions on UMass, if, what they are this year compared to last year. I think they're better than last year. Uh, they should have more wins than four like they did a year ago. Uh, but but this Taylor team is, is tough. They've shown to be tough. They last week had a phenomenal ride going against Bryant. Matt Garber, 14 saves. Jake Cates had four goals there. Connor Calderon, 50% at the dot. I think this is a team that's going to give UMass all they can handle on Saturday. And look, if they get a win, that's a huge victory for Ryan Poley and the Terriers there. Loyola and Rutgers, uh, two teams coming into this game, polar opposite starts to the season. Rutgers, 4-0. and However, the only ranked team they've played is Army. They skimmed past them a week ago after getting up big, and Army comes back in that one. Uh, we've seen really defense and that NASCAR offense, transition offense, really lead the way there for the Scarlet Knights. Uh, Loyola, they're still searching for what the what in the world is the identity of this team. Uh, we saw last week wasn't necessarily a good game for them against Hopkins. They, you know, got beat late in that one. Um, I, I don't know. Aiden Olmstead, Joey Kamish were the only two guys that have shown any kind of, I don't want to say fight, but the, the only two guys that have really been as advertised at this point in the season. This has really been a disappointing start for Loyola. If they get this win here, even if they keep this one close against Rutgers, I think that's a good sign of this team moving forward. We'll be interested to see what they do in cage. Played multiple guys in cage last week. Uh, None of them were, oh, what's his name? Escaped me. Started from last year, Sam Schaefer. None of them were Sam Schaefer, uh, which was notable in its own right there. North Carolina and Hopkins, both these teams come into Saturday, similar paths. Hopkins gets blown up by Georgetown, bounces back with a win over Loyola. Granted, an ugly win, but a win nonetheless over the rival. North Carolina, blown out by Ohio State, bounces back with a win over Brown on Tuesday. Uh, this will be interesting. Both these teams looking to continue to push forward, continue to improve. Both these teams have some deficiencies. Carolina, we've talked about that defense, that midfield unit. Hopkins, I mean, look, I, really, I think defense has been their strength. I think their offense has got to improve in terms of where they can attack from. Uh, defense for Hopkins has been pretty strong this season. Coaston, I think, has been strong in cage. Owen McManus at pole. Um, the face-off battle, I think, will be interesting here, though, to see how that one goes between these two. Let's see. Any other games I want to mention here before we get out of here? Penn State-Yale is not what it could be or should be or has been. Lehigh Cornell will be an interesting one. Denver and Jacksonville. Uh, see if the Dolphins can pull off another upset there. That those are both on Saturday. Marquette Utah, I think, is intriguing. I think Utah should get the win there, though. Uh, Carolina Hopkins is on Sunday, by the way. I did not mention that. Air Force plays Jacksonville uh, in a 
ex-SOCON battle on Sunday, so uh, that one there as well should be interesting. Also, all right, folks, that's it for today's show. As always, thank you all for tuning in. You can connect with us on social media, at Lacoste Bucket, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacostebucket.com, where it's always lacoste season. Stay safe and enjoy the weekend of lacoste. See y'all back here on Sunday night. Last couple games here to touch on. We'll start with Maryland knocking off Princeton as they continue to roll four and one. They're going to be sitting atop college across again on Monday as number one. Beat Princeton 15 to 10 in a game in which the Terrapins never trailed and never saw a tie. Two goals within 11 seconds of each other, Donville and Wireman. Get Maryland going out the gates, and you got Sam English. He gets a hat trick in the first quarter of the game, makes it 5-3 game heading into the second stanza. Um, he had a man-up goal from Alex Vidaro off that feed from Chris Brown, make it a one-goal game early in the second. And, you know, I watched the kind of beginning of this game and then through this run here, Maryland, they answer three straight, two of which comes from Wisnowskis to give him a first-half hat trick. They pull away 9-6 to six at the half. Um, I watched a little bit of the second half. The whole first half, a little bit of the second half, really Maryland never seemed to me didn't have control of this game. Luke Wileman goes 19 for 27 at the dot. Uh, they outscored the Tigers 6-4 to four in the final two periods of play as they get the win here. Um, look, you go with Wileman at the dot facing Jack Henry Vala, who was the only available faceoff man for Princeton on Saturday. I'm not going to get into that um, because I will go on a rant for about five minutes. Um, but just know, I think it is, who had tweeted that? Let's, let's look that up real quick. Matt Kinnear, Inside Lacrosse. Just go check his Twitter feed. You can find the reason they were unavailable. Um, doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, it's over with. Get back to your normal life. Who cares? Uh, but that's just me. Uh, Sam English, really big day for Princeton. Four goals in this one. Eric Peters, man, like he had, he got fired on in this one. You know, Maryland had the possession advantage, and, and, and they used it. They used it. Uh, Eric Peters, 19 saves in cage, facing a fire-friendly Maryland offense. 50 shots, 34 on cage. In the contest, heck of an effort from Peters there um, as Princeton pulls within five of Maryland in this loss here. Uh, well, that's, that's a good Princeton team. It's an even better Maryland team there. Uh, there, Logan Wisnowskis, six points there. Jonathan Donville, four goals on the day. We mentioned Wildman's success at the dot. Uh, Virginia, so... 
the the Cavaliers, man. I look on when I was making my picks for this week, I flipped a coin. Okay, for Virginia Syracuse. That said, Virginia hadn't necessarily started strong in any of their games. And Syracuse looked a lot better than I expected them to against Maryland. So I said, you know, this, I don't think this is going to be like what happened last year. Literally a year, almost a year to the day, a year tomorrow, so a year on Sunday from when the Cavaliers uh, got poured on 20-10 to 10 in the Dome. Um, and this time it was in Charlottesville in February, and Virginia repaid the favor as they win 20-10 to 10 in this victory here over the Syracuse Orange. And look, man, Syracuse, I said last week that I, I, I thought the biggest thing they needed to fix, or 2011, excuse me, was the final. 2010 was last year's February game. Um, I said last week, Syracuse, they needed to get more diversity on their offense. Um and, and, and I think they've done that in a way. You saw Mikey Berkman with two goals to assist. Brendan Curry had a goal and two assist. Griffin Cook had a hat trick. Lucas Quinn, Owen Siebold all got in there. Tucker Dordovic was held to one goal in this game. Good job the Virginia defense did on him. So I think you're seeing this Syracuse offense get work together better more. But they only did that partly because of the possession advantage or disadvantage they were at with P.D. Rosala going 67% of the dot. They only got really, um, they got a little life in the middle of the contest. Owen Seabold, Mikey, uh, Mike Bergman, get get two to start the third, and then a four-goal run features two from Griffin Cook to make it a 7-11 game with 13-52 in the third. After, that was really that little run there. I mean, it's 8-1 to one at the end of the first. And, okay, you make, okay, you come back, you make it an 11-7 game early in the third. Keep going, Syracuse, keep going. And they couldn't. Uh, Virginia takes hold once again, and they stepped on the gas. They never took it off. Never took it off. 20-11 win for Virginia. Connor Schellenberger, absolute phenomenal game for him. Three goals, four assists. Uh, the Virginia offense really played well in this one. Used a lot of inverts, which was fun to watch. And really, this offense came to life today, and Syracuse really had no answer. And then Syracuse also, you look on the other side, didn't have much of an answer for the Syracuse defense either um, there. 
as couldn't get too much going at all. Matthew Nunes, I thought, played a fantastic game in cage for Virginia. I didn't watch this one live, but I watched it right before the Harvard and Ohio State game was going on. And and really, he stuck out to me. 15 saves in this one, 58% save percentage. There was some really good looks that Syracuse got, uh, especially early on in the game, that he was just right there, shuts the door, uh, really impressed with his play this season, and especially in this game as well. Uh, Virginia, they're not going anywhere, folks. And, you know, the, these two teams will meet again, and, and I fully expect, just like we saw last year, it'll be a better game in the second meeting. Uh, for Syracuse fans, I, I, I would say this. Look, Gary Gate, Dave Fetchamala, Pat Mudge, they know what they're doing. This is an offense, especially without Owen Hiltz, that is still coming together, it seems. You're not, you're not going to do what you did to Holy Cross to any other team on your schedule. Uh, you got Army coming up this midweek. Bounce back against that one. I think they should bounce back against Army. That's always a good game between those two, so I'm excited to see that one. See how Syracuse can bounce back here. Virginia. They're going to keep on rolling. And who, who do the Cavaliers have next on their schedule? Let's look this up real quick. The Virginia Cavaliers. Let's see. Who do they have next? John. Okay, Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins. That is going to be always great games. Even when those two teams were down in, like, 2016, 2015, really strong games. I wish they would play that on uh, – they used to play Easter Sunday. Those 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 games were fun. Those those games were fun. Easter Sunday, Virginia Hopkins, fantastic. Some other notable performances here before we get out. Um, Boston U three and O on the season. Heck of a game for them, as they just absolutely just demolish UMass. And I, I haven't watched this one. I'm going to have to go back and watch it, um, or at least part of it, I, I, I guess, as the, the Terriers 16-7 to over UMass. A really big game for them. Timmy Lay, seven points, four goals, three assists there. Really a strong, strong game. Connor Calderon, 50% at the dot for the Terriers. Boston U, they are entering conference play next week. They got Col- at Colgate, then they're both Bucknell, and then they're at Holy Cross. And they've got that Harvard game. I believe that's a midweek game. And you got Lafayette Navy, another Ivy game against Yale, Princeton. Loyola and Lehigh. So you got Loyola and Lehigh late. You've got Navy later on this season. You should win those two. Well, Colgate should be interesting. Bucknell should be interesting. You should beat Holy Cross. Look, this team could be mid-March, a 6-0 and team. I mean, this is a really good squad. They've really done a great job there this season. If you haven't watched them, really doing a good job. Not not just in the six-on-six, six, but 
cashing in on those opportunities in the middle of the field, playing in the middle of the field very well, leading to some quick goals. And speaking of quick goals, Brown, man, I'm I'm in the middle of watching this one. I gotta watch the second half right now, but after I get done with this, but Brown, twelve to eleven against Vermont. And Brown, we saw what they did against Carolina on Tuesday. Was that Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, midweek game against Carolina. They impressed. The Brown Bears, they they can play fast, and they're a fun team to watch. And uh, they might be the Ivy League that no, but the Ivy that no one is talking about, but should be talking about. I'll just leave it at that. There, Devin McLean with another big game, three goals, four assists for the Bears. Really leading the way at that attack unit. Couple other games here. Uh, Loyola. So, this is funny. Game starts late because Rutgers forgot their jerseys. I've never heard that before, but okay. Um, Loyola. They're 0-3 now. 14-13 loss over Rutgers. Ross Scott, four goals for the Scarlet Knights. Wasn't streamed. Very disappointed in that. Uh, so didn't get to watch that one at all. This one, Richmond, 16, Towson, 15, triple overtime. Black Sports Network, go watch the replay of this one. Richmond is down 9-1. to one. At the end of the first period, they come all the way back and win in triple overtime. Lance Madonna, six goals, one assist in this one for the Spiders. Devin Craven, 21 saves. Jared Chenoy, 50% of the dot against Matt uh, Constantize. I know I uh, butchered that one there. 58% against. Towson, Shane Brennan, 14 saves for Towson as well. Nick DeMeo, 8 points, 6 goals to assist for the Tigers. Really fun game. Hated to see anyone lose that one Uh, after coming back from 9-1. Double overtime there. High point beats Navy 14-13. Asher Nolting absolutely takes over. 3 goals, 5 assists for 8 points in That one, Dartmouth upsets Bryant. Can you call it an upset? I don't know. Dartmouth upsets Bryant. Matt Paul, four goals in this game. Daniel Hanks, 19 saves. Man, we had a lot of really good goalie performances today. Uh, A lot of really good ones there. Uh, But Dartmouth, they got up. They were up in the third. I got to go back, watch this one too, at least the second half of this one. They're up. They're able to hold off a Bryant comeback, from what I understand. Uh, heck of a game there. Last one, uh, last two to mention. Utah continues to win 12-11. to 11. Uh, Didn't watch that one at all, but a really good game from what I read the you know, recap they put out. Uh, good game for Utah as they continue to win. Utah and Jacksonville next week. Uh, That is going to be an interesting one. 
for certain. Cornell, nine. Lehigh, five. CJ Coast, two goals, one assist there. And uh, look at the faceoff dot. No. Well, first of all, Cornell, you held a team to five goals. You don't see that that often in college across these days. Congrats to the Cornell defense. Um, you're 2-0 and under Connor Busick. I'm going to go back and watch this one as well. Probably on Sunday sometime. Uh, really, really good win there for them. And Lehigh, they got some injuries to that midfield, and it's hurting them more than I think some people thought it would. Uh, and then Binghamton, 13, Lafayette, 12, as the Bearcats get their first win of the season. Kevin Winkoff with a hat trick, including the game winner as the Bearcats uh, take a Lafayette turnover and turn it into a goal as they get off Reverse Survivor Island, get themselves a win. Almost forgot this one, but Drexel, 14, Albany, 12, Aiden Cole, 5 goals, 1 assist for 6 points in this one. This is one where Drexel had to come back a bit in this one. It was a lot of late game action there. Elijah Gash with a pole goal for the Albany that uh, you've seen on going around, making the rounds on Twitter. Uh, good bounce back win for Drexel after starting 0-2. Albany now 0-2 on the season, losing to Cornell. Drexel, they got Siena coming up midweek. All right, folks, that is it for today's episode. Uh, be back on Tuesday. We'll recap the Sunday games as much as possible and get going on the midweek slate. Uh, we do have one Monday game, Air Force and, Air Force and Canisius. That one got moved to Monday, so uh, that will be interesting, uh, possibly. Monday, Monday a.m. lacrosse, 11 a.m. on a Monday. Who who schedules, or in this case, reschedules these things? I have no clue. Uh, but weird, weird time to play a game. All right, folks, as I mentioned, that is it for today. Oh, Carolina Hopkins. Make sure you watch that one tomorrow, 2 o'clock p.m. Air Force Jacksonville tomorrow as well. So uh, two big ones to tune into there on Sunday. But that is it for today's show. As always, you can catch us on social media at LacrosseBucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.